You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. All right, we're starting this series called I Hate This. I hate this. You can say that in many different ways, right? I hate this. Um, and I, I, over the next three Sundays, I'm going to share on this subject with you, the subject of uh, hate, this, the emotion. And we're going to take, obviously, a biblical perspective on what the Scripture has to say about hate. Now, this is not a comprehensive study. There's a lot more subject and a lot more uh, to be said about this subject. But I wanted to give you something a little more substantive than haters going to hate. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've done some reading and some studying, and I want to share with you the first part of what uh, uh, the, this three-part series and the first focus on this idea. Now, I first started thinking about this and, and started thinking about it in, in the frame of, of a message to share here at the church about two months ago uh, in July when I took uh, some time off from social media. And I was still checking the news, but uh, I wasn't... Uh, on social media at all for most of July, and uh, I learned two things during that month when I was not on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Vine, Zanga, Orkut, all of those are gone. Um, And uh, the first thing I noticed is that I was ready to get rid of my iPhone and bring back the flip phone, man. You know, just I don't want to use T9 to text people, you know. It takes like four minutes to type hello, but, you know, I was ready for that. Actually, I was ready for a rotary phone. Let's go all the way back to one of these guys, huh? How about this, huh? Hey, how are you doing, babe? Yeah, I'm uh, talking to this beautiful church here today. Some of you don't even know what a rotary phone is, right? If you're younger than 20 in the room, you're probably like, what is that? It means this. You want to dial the number. It's two, zero, Three, five, five. Oh, it was supposed to be three. Dang it. Start it again. <laughs> Two, zero. Who remembers that? There you go. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. But the second thing I learned, which is way more relevant to the subject at hand here, is that there is a lot of hate baiting out there today. A lot of hate baiting uh, in the news, and it's, it's amazing how much integration there is nowadays about the headline and the comment section. Most news reports nowadays integrate the reactions on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the things that you can read. And, you know, if there's anything, any takeaway, and this is not a political uh, uh, standpoint, from a sociological standpoint, if there's a takeaway, in my opinion, that we can get from the last uh, election cycle is that hate more than ever is monetizable. Hate more than ever has become a commodity today. Because if a headline grabs your attention and you click on it, guess what? They're making money on your click. So we see headlines out there and we see comments and things that are more and more designed to shock you because the, the heart or, or the goal is not just to give you the news and not just to disseminate the information. The goal nowadays is to go viral, right? Everybody wants to go viral. 
And we use the word viral like it's a good thing, right? Have you thought of, have you stopped to think about the word viral? It comes from the word virus, which means like it's when something is as contagious as a virus. If I'm telling you that the Zika virus has gone viral, it's not a positive thing, right? It's not good at all. But if your YouTube goes viral, hello, you know, you can make some money on that. So nowadays you have that, uh, that drive out there to get your attention. Now I mentioned this and I'm starting with this part of, of you know, uh, social media and, 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 and news because there is a growing sentiment out there. There's a growing uh, idea out there that, that hate is this per pervasive, aggressive thing, entity that exists out there. It's this entity that exists in the atmosphere out there. And it, it's, it's permeated some of uh, the news cycles. And it's permeated a little bit of, of some of the, 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 the social media elements and comment sections. And it's out there in some people groups. And that's not so untrue to say. But the idea that we're buying into more and more is that hate exists outside of us and if you get connected to it you might catch it like something that is out in the atmosphere that if you get exposed to it you might get or allow it in to come inside you when it's just the opposite hate is a human capacity every single human being has that capacity and as a capacity it needs to be nurtured Now, just as I have a capacity to love you, I have a capacity to hate you. I have that capacity. And I can stand here, we have, Alini and I have the opportunity to stand here each morning and share what we believe is from the heart of God. And we have made a commitment, you know, I've, I've felt called strongly from an early age to share the good news of, of the gospel, to share the kindness of God, the love of God. And to, you know, we're here today committed to doing that for this church. And we take this very seriously. Like there's not a single message that we have shared with you that has not been prayed upon and sought before God and wrestled with because we, we take this very seriously we haven't never invited anybody here that we are not sure that we'll will do the same we, we respect and we honor what God has built here with responsibility but even if I come here next week and I share the greatest talk the greatest speech on love that you have ever heard I cannot make you love like I love I can't make you love like I love. And in the same way, I can't make you hate like I hate. And you can't make me love like you love. And in the same way, you can't make me hate like I hate. Because hate, just like love, needs to be nurtured. It's a capacity and it needs nurturing. And this is very important for us to understand. It's important for us to understand because I believe more than ever that all around us, there's a lot of hate fertilizers. A lot of it, if I can call it that. All around us. There's a lot of opportunity for hate to be nurtured and to be fertilized and to grow. And hate can quickly become this all-consuming, destructive force. 
Now, there are some applications of hate that are proper, and we're going to share that in a couple weeks. But today, you know, I want to bring light to this, this part of hate that can get us in trouble. That can shift things on the inside and on our mindset and, and can grab a hold of our, of our attention and our judgment and, and the way we perceive and, and, and do life. See, hate can divide a family. Hate can cause its siblings to rise against each other. Race can, hate can cause a man to completely betray his marriage vows. Hate can cause people to rise against other people. It's, it, can, it can lead people to a destructive habit. Hate can cause you to devise and plan things that with the hate-free mind, you would never even think about it, let alone do it. But hate has this ability to become a destructive force. So where do we find the answers? Where do we find a light over this subject? Well, we believe that, you know, morally, psychologically, ethically, uh, all the answers are found in this aspect for this subject on the scriptures. I believe that the scriptures are the authority for this element and this subject. Now, let me make this clear. This is not a series designed to make you fear hate. This is not a series designed to make you repress hate even. This is a series designed to show that we, through the message of Jesus, have the answer. We have the antidote. You have the antidote, the answer, the response. When you see something that is hate-driven out in the world, you carry in you a message that answers it, that responds to it, that can heal it, that can cure it, that can remedy a situation uh, out there. You know, and never have I been so convinced that our mission as a church, the mission that we, got, we received before we started this church, to love one another, is becoming ever more relevant in our world today. You know, when we, when we got the, this, this desire in our heart to, to, you know, make love one another the, the, the slogan of this community, you know, and doing that through connecting people to God, through connecting people to others, through connecting people to their purpose, I thought, this is not, honestly, in my heart, I'm thinking, like, this is not cool and hip and, and young and it sounds scriptural, you know. It sounds like something Jesus would say, but it's all right because it's what we need. It's what the world needs. So here we are today, you know, raising the banner of love because we believe love is the answer to hate. It truly, truly is. Now, we have, you and I, have a, an opportunity. And I see this as an opportunity. Every time we are exposed to an expression of hate, we have an opportunity to shine a light, a light over this. To shine a light over this subject. And there's two things I know about you. And some of you are here for the first time and you're thinking, no, J.D., you don't know me like that. But I know you like that. There's two things I know about you. One is that there are people around you seeking for real, real change. Legitimate change. There are people around you seeking for transformation and legitimate transformation. And the second thing I know about you, because you're here this morning, because you got in a car and you decided to go to a church. And it doesn't matter if you have been doing this for a long time or if you're a brand new person in this kind of life, you have the answer they're seeking. 
That's the second thing I know about you. You carry within you the answer and the change that they are seeking. So we here have a commission from God to be the answer to any voice or any expression of hate in our world. So let's look at the scripture because there are a few interpretations in scriptures about hate. Three specifically that we're going to address in the coming Sundays. And today I want to park in this idea of, uh, that is found in Luke chapter, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me backtrack here. The first uh, application, going back, that, that we're going to address is, uh, in three weeks is the application that Jesus used when he said in Luke 14, he said this, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my Disciple. So Jesus said, and you are probably puzzled right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his son so that his son can require me to hate everyone, <laughs> even myself. So what is Jesus talking about here? This is what the cool kids would call savage Jesus. Right? It's just savage. Uh, You've got to come back in two weeks. We're going to talk about that in two weeks. What, what was Jesus talking about when he used the word hate right there? Um, and uh, next week we talk, we're going to talk about the application of, application of enmity and strife. There is a, an, a, the idea of hate that is portrayed in Scripture when there is an action, an actual action toward other people. And we're going to unpack that a little bit next week. You know, in people groups that hate other people groups. And why, how does that happen? How, how can they find a foothold to, to practice that? So we're going to unpack that on the next Sunday, next Sunday, but today I just want to focus on this raw emotion, this capacity that we have to hate. Because every single one of us here, we have this capacity, and you know that, because you have dealt with hate in your heart at some point in your life if you're older than three and a half. That's the age of our youngest two, but they act like they're three and a half, right, babe? They're way ahead of their time. All right. Matthew 5, chapter 43 through 48. You have heard what it was said. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, this is Jesus saying, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors, that those are the really, really bad people in those days. Do not even the tax collectors or IRS agents do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? That kind of rhymes. Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You therefore must be perfect. As your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, something important to emphasize once again is that it's not completely unnatural for you and I to hate, is it? In fact, many times in our day-to-day -day lives or in our life experiences, there are more plausible uh, 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 motives and reasons to hate than they are to love. Yet Jesus is calling us here to a different kind of of life. But even if you don't consider this scripture, 
just based on what we consider the common sense of our lifestyle in society right here in America. If we just look at what is socially acceptable, you would probably agree with me, maybe 99.9% .9 of you here in the room would agree with me, that it is socially acceptable to be loving and kind and generous to a complete stranger. In fact, we encourage that. In fact, we raise our kids to do that. Now, I believe this is an overshadow of a Judeo-Christian thought in the, in the formation of the Western civilization. But even if you're not a religious person, you say, no, J.D., I don't buy that. I just think that that's the common thing, common sense thing to do. This is what human beings should do. You should be loving and you should be kind to people. That's why we open doors for people. That's why we say thank you. That's why you let them in front of us when we're in traffic and they have their signal. Sometimes we pretend that we don't see. But when we do see, we let them in front of us. Why? Because we are, we are told or we are raised or we are taught to be kind to even total strangers. To show love to total strangers. Now, it's not the same thing with hate, is it? You wouldn't, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be acceptable in our society to say that you can hate somebody for no reason at all. You need a reason to hate. You need a reason to hate someone. And uh, you need a motive. Hypothetically, you know, generally speaking, let's say you know someone, you know somebody, you have a friend, and this friend showed generosity to another person. And they, it, they were incredible. They were very generous. Maybe they gave him a gift. Maybe they, you know, they helped him out in a, in a difficult time. In your mind, the automatically first reaction would be, wow, you are so generous. You were so kind. Talking to the person who gave the gift. No, not the person who received it. You wouldn't go to the person who received it and say, and say wow, you, were, you really earned that. You worked hard for that. You would look at the person who was generous and say, that was really kind of you. Because generosity and love speaks of the giver, right? Now, if somebody you know, maybe the same person, maybe somebody else, acted hatefully towards somebody else, they, they act, acted with resentment, and they, they acted in that way, you wouldn't look at them and say, you're such a hateful human being. You know, I just, I just think you're horrible. The first question in your mind, because you know them, would be, what happened? Why? There has to be a, a reason for hate to exist. There has to be a reason to hate. And in psychology and psychotherapy, in my study, I learned this, that the number one reason hate is generated or hatred is generated in people's hearts is because of loss of freedom. Psychotherapists and psychologists came up with this, you know, in their studies, they discovered that loss of freedom is the number one reason hatred is generated in people's hearts. It's the reaction to loss of freedom. We really dislike, we hate losing our freedom, don't we? We hate when something enslaves us. We hate when something causes us to lose our freedom. In fact, I, I challenge you to do a little case study of your own. Next time a friend of yours comes to you and says, I really hate my job, stop and say and ask, why? And in the answer, you'll probably find out that there's some element of loss of freedom in it. 
It's probably like I'm not free to be myself. I'm not free to grow. Like I'm not feeling like I can be myself here or there. There's an element of freedom in there because we hate that. Now, some of you, if I were to ask you personally and stand with you one-on-one here today, and I asked you, probably most of you, do you have hate in your heart? You'll probably tell me, no, I don't. I don't really have hate in my heart right now. I, I have. Maybe you have had an experience in the past where, you know, you had to fight that feeling, but maybe today you don't. But if hate is the grown tree, resentment is the sprout. And maybe it's, it's very probable that in the last 24 hours, every single one of, his, of us here have felt resentment at some point. I know I have. A resentment to a, a, a news headline you read or some, somebody, somebody said to you or a memory you had of something that happened in the past or a thought that came to your mind, a probability, something you heard, a conversation you had, that, that seed of resentment on the inside. And that seed, if not taken care of, can grow. If it can be nurtured, if you, if you just let that feeling grow and you feed it, it can be nurtured and it can be grown, it can grow to become a full-on hate. Now, it doesn't mean that you hate in the sense that you're going to do something about it, that you're going to go and attack the person or you get a payback or there's going to be retribution. But it's that feeling of, of you detest it, you just don't like it, you just despise it, and that can get a foothold. Now, at this juncture, this is where the scripture comes back because this is really important. At this juncture right here, when hate has a foothold, when you go through an experience, and all of us will go through this because this is an, it's a human capacity. When hate does have a foothold in our hearts, at this very junction, juncture is that this scripture is very, very powerful. It's at that juncture that the words of Jesus become very, very powerful. Because what Jesus is saying in this passage is that you should love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This is what Jesus did not say. Jesus did not say you should love your enemies because you have no good reason to hate them. He didn't say that. And actually, most of, uh, most of you, if you have experienced that in your heart, you, some of you have a legitimate, legitimate reason to hate somebody. And if you were to tell me, J.D., if you knew the story, you would hate that person too. And I probably would. And if I were to give you the mic, and you were to take us through your story, what you went through, and you were to share your story here. If that story brought you to tears, we would all cry with you. If that story brought you to, uh, enrage, to be enraged, we will probably get there with that emotion with you too. And we will probably find a reason, just like you, to feel negative towards the person or the thing that was not good and kind to you. Some of us, we have a good, very good reason to hate. And what the scripture is saying is when you have good reason to hate, when you actually have good reason to hate, you shouldn't. That's the power of what Jesus is telling us here. When you have a good reason to hate, you shouldn't. Firstly, because hating someone is it's, it's, it's a sign that that person or that situation still has power over you. Because it's a reaction against what was done or said. or So that, that situation still has power 
over you. And secondly, it's because it's a matter of identity. Listen to what Jesus say, said, verse 45. He said, so that you may be children of your Father who is in heaven. What is he saying? Listen, you, you are a new creation. There's a new kind of life in you. There's a new kind of identity in you. And this type of feeling, this type of, it doesn't belong. You, 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 it doesn't, it's not part of who you are in this new creation. It's not part of your identity. Now, does that mean that you should just sit back and let anything happen to you? No, no, that's not what Jesus is saying. Is Jesus saying that you are impotent or powerless? No. Jesus is not saying that you are powerless. What Jesus is saying is exactly the opposite. Is that as a new creation in Christ, as a new creation and having a relationship with God, you are not powerless, you are powerful. And he's not taking away your power to do something about it. He's actually giving you power to move on. To move on to your purpose. To move on to the thing that you were called to do. To move on to the thing that he has called you to. So in other words, what Jesus is saying, don't allow this feeling, don't allow this, this emotion to hold you back, stuck where you are. But let go and love and pray so that you can move on to what you were called to do. It's for freedom that he has set us free. And that is what the power of this message. Now some of you here, that is the only hold you have. And what I mean by this is you have decided that you're not going to do anything about it. You have decided that you're not, you don't want payback. You don't want to retaliate. But in your heart, it's the only sense of justice that you get. You can't do anything about that person or situation, but you can hate them. And that's, that gives you a sense of justice. And what Jesus is calling us to do is to be like our Father in heaven. Now, this is a tall order. We cannot do it without God. But we can do it because with God, all things are possible. What Jesus is saying, and he even uses the example of God, how he makes the sun and the, and the, and the rain fall upon the just and the unjust alike. People who bless him and people who curse him. And we should do the same. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? How do, do we get to that? See? And this is where the band can come. See, apart from God, we can't do this. Some of you here, you need to understand this, that you may have suffered but you're not defeated. And that is what Jesus is giving you, the power to move on and let go. The power to be free. And this is how we do this. The word perfect there, when, when it says on verse 48, you must be perfect as, the, as your Father in heaven is perfect. The word perfect means to be finished, to be completed. And any time we hold and harbor hate in our heart, what Jesus is saying in this passage is this. You will remain unfinished. You will remain unfinished. 
it is important for us to allow God to finish his work in us. Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King said this, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is much too much a great burden to bear. It's a great burden to bear. And this is my encouragement to you this morning. The way you let go of it is to find your freedom in Jesus. This is what Jesus said. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. He goes on to say, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And I want to ask you this morning to receive this in your heart because you are free to love. You are free to love. And we don't, we don't, we don't love because, you know, we have no reason to hate. We don't choose to love because we don't have reason to hate. You might have a good reason to hate this morning. We choose to love because love is a much better reason to live. We choose to love because we are no longer bound by that situation or that thing that attacked us. We are no longer bound by our enemy. We choose to love because we are free. Free in our hearts, free in our minds, free indeed. We choose to love because we are children of God. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Would you mind to stand?